G'day and welcome to another episode of Power Hour with Sow Hour. This is where I catch up with some of the biggest names in rugby league. Today I'm joined by Sharks co-captain Wade Graham. Wade Graham, 2016 Premiership winner, joins us on Power Hour with Sow Hour this week. Thanks for coming on, Wade O. Nah, no problems, mate. Let's get straight into it, mate. You're coming back after an Origin Series win this year. You come into the side, you get injured again in the third game. How nervous were you ahead of that clash Saturday night with your team season on the line? Uh, to be honest, I don't get all that nervous anymore. Um, I know I've had a, a few setbacks here and there, but I've played the game for a while now and I'm confident in the work I do around training and um, in our team. So um, I suppose the only, only feelings I get is just um, you know that little bit of anxiety that I want to go out there and do well and um, you know do well for myself, do well for my team and and do it for my family. I don't get as nervous as I used to, so I was actually excited to be back more than anything. How much has those hamstring issues bothered you? Because are you going out there fully fit, or are you still carrying it a little bit? No, well, it's a bit of a different hamstring run. It's up in the tendon, so it's the first time I've had um, a hemi-tendon sort of issue. Normally, it's in the belly of the muscle. Um, you know, it's hard to stride out, and the hit full speed, and um, things like that. But this was up in the hemi tendon, so it was more functional stuff. And there's still a bit of a dull ache there. It's almost like a little bit of tendonitis there, but I think that's going to hang around for a while with just the scar tissue and, and how it's fixed itself up. But I don't really feel it when I'm out there. It's more so just getting around training and a couple of things in the gym where I've got to be careful with that bring it on. But other than that, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm fresh. I've only played, I think, what is it, four or five games this year. So I'm pretty fresh in the back end of the year. I thought you were outstanding on the weekend. I, I said um, on the call, uh, commentating, that I, I think you're the best back row in the world when you're fully fit. Do you feel like now that you're past that little stage hamstring, Origin's a different beast because you're probably not as training as much. It's a different uh, sort of camp. Do you feel like you're getting back to your best form? Saturday night, you're outstanding. Yeah, I'm, I'm confident in, in um, like I said before, I'm confident in the work I've done with the team. Um, I've been in Canola for a long time now, so most of the players around there know, uh, you know, know the style of footy I play. I, I sort of had my niche there on the left edge of our team, and um, you know, we, we struggled at times throughout the year with our combinations, floating in and out of the team, um, new players into the team. Obviously, Shorty coming across from New Zealand, such a big influential player, but it does take your time to settle into any team and work out your role and your expectations of your team and your teammates. So. I think the biggest challenge for us is just keeping everyone under the, under the park. Um, I'm fairly confident if we do get everyone under the park and um, we get some games under our belt, and you know, the more we the more we play the game with each other and, and grow in confidence that we can really um, push to be one of those top tier teams. It's just about getting everyone out there. Waiter, how, how have you turned into a leader? Because I look at Sean Johnson coming across this year, Matt Moyle, and you know it's his uh, third year, I think, over there at the Sharks, but. Every time you're in the team, those two guys seem to get more excited to play the footy than when you're not there. They seem to struggle uh, coming up with those plays. I think you add a lot to those side. What do you say to those guys when you're not there to keep their confidence up, to keep them in the game? Because they're such match winners for you. I feel like um, the biggest thing for me is that, you know, when I come back and play, I'm happy to wear any pressure that the team needs. I'm happy to put right. myself out in front when we play well. Uh, so when we don't play well, and I'm happy to wear that pressure. So for me, it's just just wanting them boys just to go out there and play footy and play freely. Trust 
trust in what they see and, and trust in their ability to get the job done. And, and if it doesn't come off, well, I feel as if I'm there, I'm happy to I'm happy to wear the pressure and to wear the talk around you know things when they aren't going well. So that's what I try to do. They're, they're obviously great players within their own right, and um, you know on their day they 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 can be the best player not just in our team but in the competition on their day. So yes. it's about really just freeing them guys up and letting them know that, you know, we trust them with what they're, they're doing and we trust in their ability and, you know, hopefully they can just keep on improving as we get some more footy together. You spoke about nerves and I want to take you back to your debut, not because I actually played in it, but uh, you were 17 at the time, still at school. Uh, run us through what was going through your head and, and were you the big man on campus? Were you just strutting around school? Oh, well, I'll tell you what, there were some nerves back in those <laughs> days. Uh, I remember feeling really confident um, like the game, that the game, you know, when you're young and you're fearless. So yeah. I was playing in a pretty red hot under 20 team. Um, when we were when we were playing in the juniors, we were always a strong team at Penrith. So I was always just used to going out there and playing well and, and and having confidence whenever I went out there with the team I was in. But I remember that day it was a different. There was a different kettle of fish. I was I was confident throughout the day, but then when I got into the sheds, I was looking around and there was um, you know Petro Sinisiva. Uh, Tony Pulitua, Reese West, all these guys who I'd you know, grown up idolising and, and seen play the game for such a long time. And I was, I was sort of thinking to myself, what the hell am I doing here? I, didn't, <laughs> I, I sort of felt like I didn't belong. And um, it took me a long time to sort of get over that because I was, I was always so young for those first probably two or three years. And I look back now and I see... You know, guys coming to the team when they're 20, 21, 22, and I, I, I look at them as kids, so I couldn't imagine what the older guys were thinking of me when I came <laughs> in as a 17 year old. Mate, I only found out because I get my stats off uh, Malcolm Middleton, a little shout out. He sends me through all this stuff, and he wrote the, the first point he wrote was he debuted for Penrith against St. George Illawarra, beating 13 12 with Jamie Sauer kicking the field goal. So it was nice to actually beat you on that day, Wade, but I don't <laughs> think I beat you too many times after that. Well, I'll tell you, my first three games uh, in first grade, to you guys by um, one point. The next week, we played the Broncos out at home. Lachlan uh, Coot debuted, and we actually had a 90-minute draw. Right. And then the following week, I think we, it was another cliffhanger. We won by a point or two points against Parramatta, and I remember that was my first three weeks of first grade. So I was going, how hard is this game? It was the hardest game in the world. And so, uh, now you've played uh, 220 more, by the way. Yeah, well, uh, fortunately for me, a couple of games did get a little bit better from then on, and they weren't going for so long. I remember playing that 90-minute draw against the Broncos, and I was absolutely wrecked, man. And um, it was a it was a trial by fire introduction into the top grade of footy. <laughs> Let's talk about your introduction into into the NRL because you start out you're a Penrith junior, uh, you go to Hill Sports out there. As I said, you made your debut at 17. You play a couple of years uh, of first grade, but then you, you move to the Sharks. Run the fans through the, the short version of, firstly, why you went to the Sharks, how it unfolded, and uh, do you regret you know, how it unfolded? Would you have liked to have stayed at Penrith? Yeah, well, definitely. I think growing up, um, I was 13 when Penrith won a comp in 2003, so I was on the hill for every game. You know, I idolised Craig Gow and Luke Lewis, Reese West, Preston Campbell was my favourite player that year because of how magic he was in the field. So that was in the fire with him. He really got lit and me love for the game. You know, I was a teenager then. I knew what was going on. So I just fell in love with the Panthers from then on. So I always had, you know, my dream was to play at the Penrith for my whole career. Yeah. But, uh, as the game turns out sometimes, it's not always, it doesn't always go your way. And 
So I had those first two seasons at um at the you know in the top grade, and then I hurt my shoulder. I had to get shoulder surgery in the off uh, in the preseason. Yep. And when I had to shoulder surgery, um, well, Travis Burns and Luke Walsh kept became the hardest pinner for them. We were actually going really well. Yeah. I think first or second in the ladder. Um, and at the same time, you know, I, I started playing reserve grade, and then. A lot of us young guys all came through at the same time. The Michael Jennings, the Lachlan Kurtz, yes. uh, myself, Timmy Grant, Sam McKendry. And so we were all on pretty much junior-based contracts. So that when the time came, we all come off contract at the same time. Everyone was pretty much getting upgraded. So yep. some decisions had to be made around the roster. And because of the way the the team was obviously going at that time... Yeah, they finished second that, that year. Yeah, they finished second that year. And at the time when the decisions were being made around the roster, the... Um, I had a, a, some pretty decent offers coming from um, from the outside. Obviously, Cronulla was one, and there was another one from North Queensland. And right. then Penrith, Penrith pretty much said, you know, we, we can't match any of these offers. You know, good luck to him. And they made their decision around um, letting me look elsewhere. How confident when you went to Cronulla that you were going to, I mean, bounce back from that shoulder injury? You spoke about the Panthers. I think they got bowled out in straight sets under Matty Elliott that year. But you go to the Cronulla Sharks and you make a name for yourself. You become a regular first grader. How hard was that leaving a club that, you know, a junior club that you loved? Oh, it was definitely tough. You know, it broke my heart at the time. I never saw myself in, you know, in another jersey. And even the first, you know, probably six, seven, eight months, the Sharks, it wasn't all smooth sailing. Um, and I was still getting over leaving Penrith. I was still living at home with mum and dad at Blacktown, so I was travelling every day um, to the, to the Shire. I, we weren't going all that well in my uh, the first season. I probably wasn't playing the best footy either, so there was a bit of a struggle there. But um, you know, obviously, thanks to guys like Shane Flanagan, who, who kept showing confidence in me and, and belief in me, and you know, Skipper Gow, who they're always confident. You know, I could turn the corner and really settle in and become, you know become the player that, you know, we always hoped I could be. And, uh, yeah, eventually after that, you know, the initial teaming problems, um, yeah, we end up sort of finding my finding my group down here at my club and here I here I still am. They can't get rid of me. <laughs> Mate, they better not get rid of you. There'll be a blow-up for me, that's for sure. Let's talk about uh, Paul Gallen because he divides opinion, which is, I think, is a credit to how good, the players are at times. If you divide opinion, you're obviously hated because you've beaten the fans' team at times, or, or you've just um, you're just not liked. But Paul Gallen, how influential has he been on your career, not only on the field but certainly off the field, and how to carry yourself? Because I mean, you, you matured so quickly, you had to, and now you, you're the main player in a, in a shark side. Uh, well, I think yeah, it's probably the reason he got me over there to come to Cronulla in the first place. So there was an opportunity to go up to North Queensland and play 5-8, you know, outside of JT, Jonathan Thurston, yep. you know, the greatest ever. So that was a really big attraction. Um, obviously, moving up to North Queensland, away from my family, I was only uh, 19 at the time, would be the first time I lived out of home. So it was a big decision to make. And I remember I got a call from Gow one day saying, um, he, he really liked the way I played. He liked the style about which, how I played. Um, he was the current New South Wales captain too at the time. Yes. And then it all sort of just, he just let me know he really wanted me to come to the Sharks and he obviously saw the picture of you know, an opportunity to go down there and do something special in time. You know, an opportunity to be a part of a, a team to win the first ever premiership at Cronulla, which is 
you know, it, it sounded like a dream at the time, but it was something I real, realistically thought about. Yep. And, you know, it was really his call to, him, his call to me saying how much, you know, he really wanted me to be a part of the, the Cronulla side. They got me over the line. You know what yourself, Sally, when you go to somewhere, you know, it might be going through some tough times with the fans or the media and stuff like that, but if your own players support you and your own staff at the club support you, well, you it gets you through all that time. So to be wanted and to really um, be seen as a future, you know, a future mainstay of a team was certainly a big appeal to me and that's the way it panned out. And with Gauza as a player, obviously the influence he's had on my career, he's he's been the most influential player I've played with. He's, he's moulded, you know, the ability to deal with adversity, um, stuff off the field, and just keep that to the side and when you get out onto the field you've got to do your job and you've got to play footy and he's certainly been a you know he'll go down as you know the greatest Sharks to ever play I'm sure of that and his toughness the durability you know he's shown throughout his career yeah, he's still going now he's 38 this week and he's still going <laughs> Well, you, you talk you talk about adversity, Wado, and, and injuries and stuff like that. And it wasn't, let's be honest, it wasn't a great time, 2014, what, dent went, what went down with the supplement scandal. But even more recently, having to lose your premiership winning coach in Shane Flanagan, John Morris steps in uh, to the coaching role. It, it hasn't been always smooth sailing since the premiership or even before that, has it, at the Cronulla Sharks? No, definitely. I feel like um, there's been a lot of adversity and... I suppose you know, I had a real different, um, you know, certainly growing, getting older and um, more mature off the field. You know, your circumstances change. And But I, I remember the moment, you know, for all that supplement saga and the club issues, I was really angry for a long time and pretty much in general, angry at everyone else. And, you know, it wasn't my fault. And, you know, we were put in this situation and just to sort of felt like it had a bad end, um, you know, dealt you and, and, and you're you had no control over sort of set me back for a while but I remember the moment where I just sort of you know I went away and I travelled for a bit after all that and um, when I come back I just felt like I was a different person you know I come to accept that it is what it is what happened happened Um, you know all I can control now is what happened post that and then I remember coming back into 2015 season and really just set my mind to be and making sure you know what had gone on in the past is a part of my story now. So I just had to accept it. And I was really, really conscious that, you know, that's not going to be my whole story. I'm going to come out of that and be a better player and, and make the club a better place. And you know, that was our whole drive heading into 15 and 16. And you know, to get the premiership off the back of how low we had got, it just made everything, you know, so much more worthwhile. And knowing how hard you had to dig deep and, and how hard you had to work to get back up there. It just was the best feeling ever. Yeah, it's it's hard to describe when you talk about winning a premiership because usually the year before there's heartache before you get to that the top of that mountain. Where was the time? Chad Townsend was on the podcast earlier in the year and he spoke about the good times and the sixteen in a row and all that kind of stuff. But when does it click for Wade Graham that you're close to not only winning a premiership but making history for the Cronulla Sharks after coming out of those dark times? Well, I think for me a part of. Um yeah, how I'm like how I'm designing my head and my attitude towards the games. I always think whatever team I'm in, you know, I think if, if you get it right every single occasion, you're a chance to win every game you play, and that's the way I, I view it. And that's the way I've always been. I'm always confident going onto the field that if we nail nail our game and 
get our game right that we can win games. So we always had that drive to be successful, and um, it takes a, a lot of things to win a comp. Uh, you know, it takes a bit of timing, opportunity, a bit of, you know, a bit of luck with injuries, and we just felt during that 16 year. I actually thought we had a real good shot in 15. We, we, yeah. We didn't play great at the start of the year, and then we put a um, put a really strong you know season together, and we missed out by the top four in round 26. We only came to the Shark Park, and they beat us, and we knocked off South in 15. They were the defending premiers in the first semi, and we went down we went down against the Cowboys, who obviously went on to win in 15. And I remember sitting there in 15 watching the Cowboys win down. We were really close. Yeah. Um, up in North Queensland, I'm thinking, we're a real good shot there. Yeah. You know, playing back in Sydney and the team we had. and So I think a lot of boys from our 15 team took that attitude into, into 16. And then, you know, 16, we won in that run of games. We won 15 or 16 in a row. And that was the first time, I think, in first grade, that footy was – I found footy was easy. Yeah. Uh, in, in first grade, we were just rocking up as a team. We're all connected. We knew exactly what we expected of each other, and then we just get out. We just get out on the field, and we just do in that run of I can't remember how many it was. I think it was fifteen in a row. Yeah, fifteen or sixteen. Footy just felt easy, and it's not easy in that arrow. It's a hard competition. It's hard to win, to get up week in, week out, and to play at a level where you're going to win games every week. But during that run, I remember some of those games. It was just it was the most fun and enjoyable period. I've had, I think, and yeah, it was just it was just a really good part, a uh, good time of my career. Let's change speed a little bit. John Morris is your coach now. You played with John Morris, am I correct? Yeah, I did. I played a number of years with him. So, yeah. who who do you prefer, John Morris, the player, or John Morris, the coach? Um, you know, he's not really dis- dissimilar. He's very, very um, the way he coaches and goes about his business is very similar to the way he played. He's He's ultra-professional. He's very prepared and organised. Um, so there hasn't been too much change in his character. I feel like this year we've really let John Johnny down a bit at times. Um, you know, a couple well, in that period where we lost five in a row, you know, three of them by a goal. Uh, goal. We scored more tries than opposition. And, um, you know, now, now, but before you finish that, tell me behind the scenes, because I know what we've been going off to the goal kickers, but... You don't blame the goal kickers, but you sort of do because you know that you've put yourselves in position and, and you see how much they practice, so you kind of feel sorry for them, but it is hard to take when you lose those games considering how comp, how tight the competition is. Oh, definitely. All I've ever feel is that I've played the game long enough now is when you let two points go, it's just an opportunity to let go. Yeah. And, and, and because the competition is so close, you're just making it really hard for yourself. So we never blame the goal kickers. In all of those games, we didn't actually play all that well, but... The good, you know, the good teams find ways to win even when they aren't playing well. And in those games when we weren't, we we're still putting ourselves in a position to win. And you know, we we're just so close yet so far. And if we manage to sneak, you know, one or two of those games through, we're almost pushing up into the top four, which is such a vital thing for the season. And and it's, it makes the back end of the season a whole lot, um, you know, stress free. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. We're in this position now, and. We need to go on a run if we want to play in the finals, and that's just a part of the game and it's a part of the week to week, um, the week to week footy. You need to get yourself up to to play if you want to be successful in this game. So, yeah, that period we definitely let Johnny down a bit, and you know if we'd managed to get a couple of a couple of of those wins, and we're sitting in a better position 
on the ladder. I feel like there'd be a lot more talk about how well John's done this year. Yeah, managing, I agree. Managing the injuries, um, managing the players. Obviously, there's no secret we have. We do have a a really um, you know, there's strong personalities. That we got a strong leadership group that's built around you know guys that have been there a long time that have done a lot in the game and. Yeah, you know, sometimes that group is criticised because of how strong it is. But I think if you look at it from a rugby league player's point of view, you're actually quite jealous that the, the group is that strong down there to be able to dictate the culture as well as be successful. Well, that's, it's always, um, you know, you ask any, any coach and um, you know, anyone who's been around successful teams and organisations, for starters, you need to have you know, the right process in place, but you need to have buy-in from the players. You need to have, have it player-driven. So... That's the that's a big key with you know especially our team we have so many good players talented individuals and and strong personalities to match that but getting all those boys on the same page um, and going in the same direction is the, is the you know the biggest um, probably hurdle for, for Johnny and that's what I'm saying if we'd have managed to get a couple of those wins in the middle of the season and we're we're sitting a bit higher on the ladder. Everyone's probably praising about how good a job he's done because of the injury we've faced because of the setbacks we've had. You know, he's probably getting a lot more reps than he is. So, um, you know, Bond was only at the start of his coaching career, uh, and I think he's got a big future in it. From what I've seen so far, I'm really confident in what he can do for the club and, and for himself. Let's talk about one of the biggest moments in your life. Uh, I know you're a father now, a proud father, uh, to your son, I think. Is that right? Yeah, son, William. He turned one yesterday. Yeah, that's right. Happy birthday, William. Now, but one of your most proudest moments must be representing Portugal at the International Nines Tournament. <laughs> <laughs> in, tw- in 2012, now, me and you have roomed together in, in the Indigenous All-Stars. I didn't yeah. know you were Portuguese. Yeah, no, I'm not Portuguese. It's a Wikipedia special. Someone's having a lamp of everyone on there. Um, my sisters and I get a text occasionally here and there from some, um, you know, someone we know making a joke about our Portuguese uh, heritage. But that's a Wikipedia special. It's completely, completely false. So you can put a line through that, my friend. Oh, it was a good laugh anyway. I thought it might have been, but because uh, I, I don't remember talking to you about it when we were actually rooming together, because it's something that would have come up that you've represented <laughs> Portugal. But uh, you're married now. Are you getting married? I have uh, fiance. We're engaged. So. Um, yeah, we've got wedding plans going. Now, you, we'll be, you speak French? No, I don't speak French. I have words and phrases here and there, but I go to school every Monday, couple uh, two hours on a Monday night, and uh, yeah, I'm slowly learning French, and it's a, it's a, it's a long-term goal. My boy's one now, so he'll start talking soon, and he'll be bilingual, so I'll have to keep up with him. <laughs> I can't wait to hear you speak French. <laughs> uh, let's talk about New South Wales. Two series in a row. Uh, you're outstanding coming back in uh, for game two this year. So much heartache. You made your debut in 2016. The Queensland run had just come or on its way to an end, we hoped, uh, but it continued in 2017. The last two years, what have you seen? What's the one thing that you've seen uh, that Brad Fittler's been able to bring into the side that probably wasn't quite there before when you'd played? Um, I suppose anyone who's... At, at, oh, you've known Freddie back in your Roosters days. He just gives you confidence. Um, you see him stand up in front, of, in front of you when he has his chats and he doesn't have very... It's not very complicated what he wants you to do and it's very simple and he just has that, that aura about him where, you know... He's so a lot of people say they're relaxed, Freddie. Um, you know the jokester, the guy who takes it easy. 
But when it's when it's time to turn on, they, he's he's a competitor, um, and and it rubs off on everyone else. I, I remember as soon as I walked into the camp uh, for the second the second game, I hadn't, I hadn't been involved with the Origin team the previous year. Yes, and I could just feel uh, you know the direction and the you know just the tone of the whole camp, and I was very uh, you know it's hard to explain, but you could just feel the difference in the expectation and the feel around the camp. And uh, I was just really noticeable. And I'm, I'm really grateful for the opportunity that um, that Fred and the selectors gave me. And you know, in hindsight, it all worked out. But, you know, before that, it was a bit of a risk to me. I'd only played less than 80 minutes of footy in, in 10 months. So, um, yeah, I, I don't forget. Um, I'm really grateful for the opportunity that they gave me. And, yeah, luckily for us, we, we got the job done, which is which is brilliant to be a part of. I was uh, very happy because we did a preview on the game. We did plenty of previews on NRL.com and actually said that uh, the play from Wade Graham would be to kick in behind for Josh Adokar. Now, when that came off, I strutted around the pub. I was full of uh, alcoholic beverages, obviously, but uh, I (laughs) I strutted around the pub like I'd actually won the competition uh, in Heathcote. So thanks very much, Wade. We'll um, we'll finish on this. Uh, What was your first car? First car, I had a Holden Commodore. And what colour was it? It was white. White Commodore. Did you have the uh, portable CD player in there? or? I did. I did. And I used to have the burnt <laughs> CDs that I used to make at home. <laughs> the iPods had just started to come out, but the CD player was still in the car. And I never had one of those connections, so I still started to burn the CDs. I had like this little CD folder. Yes. Burnt CDs, and I had a numbered like one to... Under 24 now. I just have to guess which song's on each. Oh, how good are those days? Because I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm a little bit older than you. Uh, what was your best game where you came off and you thought, I'm probably the best player in the world right now? <laughs> uh, that's a bit but it really stands out to me. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure what year it was. It might have been, it might have been 13, 13 or 14. And we played up at the Brisbane Broncos. It was through the Origin period. So we, all the Origin players would miss it. And I had a really big game up at Suncorp Stadium. And uh, I just remember I put a couple of good, really good tackles on and I, you know, set up a couple of tries. And I think that was the first game where I really you know, went out there and, and won on both sides of the ball. And that's what I try to do too. Like, you know, I don't want to just be an offensive player or a defensive player. I want to be able to influence the game either way. So that was the first game. First time I managed to do that, and I remember walking off going, "Well, that's that's how I need to try and play all the time." Yeah, I reckon you played like that on Saturday night, and, and I would ask you this off the back of that: if for a halfback, you talk about right, we've got to get in the game. You either get tackled or you have a run. How does Wade Graham get himself into the game when you're an all-rounder? Are you, are you if you're on early with attack, do you think today's my day, or do you need to get yourself in defensively? Well, I sort of just tend to wait and see what happens, mate. Wait and see what sort of game we're having, what the and it depends who the opposition is, but I'm also just I wait. I get out there and I go 100 miles an hour with the ball, or without the ball, and then I just wait to see how the game's panning out. You can sort of get a good feel of it within the first 10, 15 minutes, what sort of game it's going to be, and then I just try to adjust my game on the fly. You know, talking to me edge, and they're talking to the you know the rest of the team. So I just prepare for sort of everything, and then I just wait and see what what gets tossed out on the day, and I make my adjustments on the run. Well, Wade Graham, you have a chance this week to put your former club in more pain by knocking them out of the eight, maybe for good. You play the Penrith Panthers on Friday night. Thanks very much for coming on with Power Hour with Sowell. 
No worries, mate. Thanks, Sally. Chat to you soon, brother. Thanks, mate. I appreciate that. Thanks for joining us on Power Hour with Sally. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. We'll see you next week.